Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Elise Compton. She's a registered dietitian who has a passion for recipe development, cooking really easy and delicious food, and also her beautiful family. I've spent endless days drooling over Elise's food on Instagram. Like all her amazing nut butter creations, oatmeal bowls and sauces, which kind of makes sense now after our great conversation. Elise has a passion for recipe development early in her dietitian career and has made this a passion for her full-time gig along with raising two tiny humans. You will not find a more down-to-earth person who cooks from her heart and with a lot of love. Find out more about how Elise started off her career with the intention of being a theater star, meeting the love of her life during her internship, and whipping up delicious food all along the way. Please enjoy my conversation with Elise. Awesome. Seriously, I think I was just saying to somebody, um, I could interview this girl today. She has like the best food because it's so approachable and it's so my speed. I totally have a crush on her and I want to move in with her and just cook with her like all day. <laughs> so. um, I would be absolutely honored. <laughs> I feel like yeah, you could just move on in. You like cats. We also have a cat. I, I always joke though, because I joke that I married into a cat family because I always grew up with dogs and we did have a cat, but she was so old that you never saw her. But I feel like beyond that, you know, we would just get along really, really well. I think it's funny though, like, because usually men, like, they don't love cats. So that's interesting that you married into a cat family. Yes. Instead of vice versa. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Stephen had, I'm trying to remember how old, her name's Charlie. um, And he had her, I want to say it was for under a year before we met. And the two of them were like at the hip, you know? And so when, when I first started coming over, this cat did not want me around. And I would get the glare, like she would be at his bedroom and we would be watching TV and you could just see her staring, or I should say glaring at me um, because she did not want me there. And it probably took her the better part of a year to warm up to me, but she's kind of at this point again where she doesn't really like me and I don't know if it has to do with now the kids being around but you know she's a typical cat (laughs) oh yeah yeah they're very temperamental for sure (laughs) well I'm excited to get to know more about you I would love to know and we'll probably go back as far as you want to go back of kind of when you started falling in love with food and nutrition and dietetics and marrying a dietitian and all those things. So where would you like to start with your, your story? Oh, wow. Um, I guess the best place to start is in a little town in the Midwest. <laughs> um, so I, I actually grew up thinking that I was going to be a Broadway star. I loved choir, loved theater. And that was my life. And I was painfully shy until about sophomore or junior year of high school when I got really, really, you know, more into the shows, more into the choir concerts, etc. And then I started also doing professional theater. And so I was convinced that that was that was the life for me. And I went to a I went to the University of Evansville in Indiana And that it was, you know, liberal arts school. And I was, I was certain that this was it. And, you know, the first couple days, you you know, you head to the cafeteria and it was honestly like a huge culture shock for me because I, I grew up in Las Vegas and it was just a completely different lifestyle, different foods, different way of eating. And for the first week, I think I was 
just in awe. And I was so happy because I could get biscuits and gravy. I could get literally carved meats in the cafeteria or pie or, you know, you name it at any time of day. And so it was amazing for probably about a week. And then I just didn't feel so well. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I probably went in a little bit harder than I should have. Uh, but I began <laughs> making the the 20 mile round trip journey out to the local store, which happened to be Walmart. And I started stocking up on, you know, rolled oats and apples and veggie sticks and string cheese and started loading my mini fridge with those just to get a little more balance in my my, you know, nutrition. And um, I remember that, you know, my dorm mates started to come up to me and they're like, Elise, you know, how come you're not, you're not, you know, putting on that, that weight like we are. And I actually had another friend come up to me one day with an old pair of her pants and she goes, I can't fit into these. Do you want them? And, you know, they would ask me, you know, what's the secret? What's going on? I said, guys, there's really no secret. And to be honest, I'm no expert. I just, this is just kind of what I do. And so I guess that kind of spurred the interest. Um, you know, and growing up, we, we always ate pretty well. And um, I was kind of nerdy in the sense that reading nutrition labels was interesting to me. Uh, I would buy nutrition books and just kind of peruse them in, in my leisure because I found them really fascinating. But it didn't click until I was actually out there at school and, you know, kind of getting this new sense of uh, just different ways to eat. That's so interesting. Everything great starts in the Midwest, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I will tell you, I had some of the best meals of my life out there. You know, you could, you know, gosh, driving through Kansas and uh, everywhere, everywhere had good food, Um, you know, and I'm not, um, you know, I, I love that time and the exposure. And it just, I think it was, it was really impactful for me just because it showed me different options, different lifestyles, different, um, you know, just different ways to do things. So I loved it. So it kind of really all began with the food aspect for you. It wasn't necessarily like the dietetics, that part. It was more of that connection to food. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, when I was younger too, I did have, you know, before I had my growth spurt and grew tall, I had a summer where I visited family and I ended up, I ended up putting on a substantial amount of weight for a little kid. Um, and I came back about 25 pounds heavier than I had, I had left. And so there was a time, um, where it was kind of challenging, um, feeling, you know, I was in this bigger body and I remember that our school, it was a public school, but it actually transitioned to, um, Uh, school uniforms Mm -hmm. and they had a specific store that they wanted us to go to, to purchase these uniforms. And I didn't fit into anything at the store. And so I remember my mom and I getting in the car and going over to JC Penney and saying, okay, well, you know, they'll have similar looking things. And so nobody will probably know that these aren't the real uniforms. Um, and so I remember that was, that also played a role. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we all kind of have had those, those moments and those awkward times, you know, during puberty, of course, um, no strangers yes. <laughs> to that. Well, and I don't think like back then, I don't think there was so many clothing op- like there just wasn't clothing for like all types of bodies. It was like, you should be the string bean child from age five through 18. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, the uniforms were no exception. And I think, you know, you get to a certain point and you go to JCPenney, it's kind of like the block clothing where, you know, you just hope that tucking it in will make it look a little bit better, but nobody really looks that good in the uniforms, I don't think, at that age. (laughs) No, not at all. I always see them now and I'm like, oh, they look so cute. That wasn't like that when I was in school. (laughs) Not cute. No, no, definitely not. (laughs) I was very grateful. And I don't think I can say this about many things, but I was grateful to go to middle school because uniforms were no longer a thing. (laughs) I don't have to do that anymore. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Yes. Next. Moving on. Um, so you, so you did school and so did you, where did you, where did you do your internship then? 
So I, I actually had to transfer out of um, Evansville because, believe it or not, they didn't have any nutrition at liberal arts college like that. So I transferred out to California. Um, my family had actually just relocated there. And so I thought, you know, California is probably a pretty solid place to study nutrition. Um, and so, you know, I had to kind of jump through the hoops of, of that. And so I went to Cal State Northridge for my undergrad um, because I had been vocal performance and theater, pretty much nothing transferred. So it was, you know, the five-year undergrad. And then I got the internship up in Reno and had absolutely no plans of staying up here. Uh, but mm-hmm. then I met Stephen. <laughs> that's, that's kind of worth it. So I think it's, you know, I think it's so interesting how you were. I still think you should be a Broadway star, by the way. I still think that could be on your horizon. But I think it's interesting how you have, I, and maybe you could, maybe this speaks to just kind of what you do now on Instagram, but like how that just makes you a more creative person and how it like, doesn't don't you feel like it kind of gets your creative juices like flowing more when you have that background of acting and singing and just I just don't know I don't know I feel like you're more creative when you have that background oh well I appreciate that I I know without a doubt I would not be anywhere near as comfortable with the work that I do if I did not have that because as I said you know I I grew up painfully shy even of my own extended family you know it was such a big deal to to go out and do things and talk to people and then you know, jumping into theater and choir, that gave me confidence even just to speak. And, um, you know, so now whether I'm doing a course or giving a talk or anything like that, um, I, I just feel confident and comfortable. And it's not something that, you know, induces this high level of stress for me. And uh, I definitely couldn't have said that if I had not gone this long extended route to get to where I am now. I think that's awesome. Do you still, do you, I know that you're busy because you are working and you're a wife and you're a mom. Do you partake in any of that type of your past anymore? Are you active in any of that? Sadly, not right now. Um, I, Stephen and I talk about it a lot and we say, you know, there's, there are kind of, you know, these seasons of life and I would love to be able to introduce that back in at some point. And I know that right now is not that time. But um, actually, recently, one of my best friends growing up, um, he continued on that theater path, and he is doing um, Broadway touring for Book of Mormon. And I just, it kind of allowed me to, you know, live that through him. Um, and just to see see him achieve those goals was, it just like, the nostalgia and everything came back. And I think just being able to support him allowed me to still have a little piece of that joy. Um, but I, I would love to get back into that if, if there's a time. And if not, who knows, maybe, maybe our kids yeah. will. And, you know, maybe it just, maybe it happened for a reason at that time. And that, that was it. I'm okay with that too. Sure. It was, it's still a part of you regardless. Yeah, absolutely. So you met the hubs on the way to <laughs> your career. So you stuck around in Reno, but you said you grew up in the Las Vegas, in Las Vegas area. Did you say that or Nevada? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Vegas and um, we had moved around for my dad's work a bunch of times, but finally landed in Vegas when I was a toddler. And then I spent, I spent all of grade school there. And then when it was time you know, for school, moved to Evansville and then pretty much moved right from Evansville to LA. Um, and I, I took one semester off to save as much money as I could because I knew, co- you know, cost of living was going to be just a game changer there. And uh, yeah, then I was in LA for about, about six years and then um, had all my stuff still in LA actually. Um, and then came up here for the internship planning on heading back and, and uh, <laughs> never left except to, except to pack up and head back up here. <laughs> well, it worked out the way it was supposed to for sure. It definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> I even, I even, you know, joke with Steven sometimes because I had, um, I had a job opportunity in LA and then one in Vegas. And I said, you're, you're super lucky because I turned down some, some fun jobs, but I guess you're worth it. <laughs> 
So you 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 actually met him. Was he an intern with you then in your in your internship? No. So Stephen was a preceptor um, in one of the rotations at Diabetes Camp. <laughs> so we met at camp, um, oh. and. So we, we totally were friends. I promise. Um, if my old producer or if my old internship director is listening in, uh, but, and I was actually dating someone else at the time. And so it definitely was just friend zone. And I was, you know, when you're in your internship, you're really tunnel visioned on just survival and, you know, get me through this alive, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And so internship wrapped and, I had, you know, Stephen and I, and, you know, we had a group of our friends and other interns, we'd been hanging out and it just hit me like, this guy is awesome. And it's somebody that, you know, just blows everyone else out of the water. And so I I need to follow my heart here. And um, so it was a lot of big life events and changes all at once, but um, I'm, I'm thrilled with how everything worked out. That's awesome. I love it. that's a great that's a great love story. That's like a great dietitian love story, to be honest. I mean, you don't really hear of too many of those. So <laughs> <laughs> there aren't many of us and yeah, the, the male dietitians is, as we know are kind of the unicorns, but uh <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> the unicorns. That's so true. Uh, so what did the so you, and then you stayed in Reno. What did the job, like, what was your job offer? What were you kind of interested and passionate about when you kind of got done with your internship and where was your, your dietitian passions leading you? So I was really hopeful to find something in recipe development because when I was doing undergrad, I, I came in contact with a lot of awesome people and I got, I was actually working for a nationwide food company, uh, developing recipes for them. Um, I got to create recipes for a, an author, and then I was also creating recipes for local hospitals. So I, I knew that recipe development was what I really, really wanted to do. Uh, but then being in Reno, there aren't really opportunities for that. Um, we just don't have a lot of food companies. And at that time, um, a lot of food companies weren't hiring people on to work, you know, remotely. They wanted them uh, there in person. So during, I think it was the last month of my internship, a job opportunity came up. It was outpatient, uh, working at a medically based fitness center. And, uh, but you know, it's kind of a fancy term for a gym, but they were connected to our local hospital um, and they were funded by them. And so I applied to the job just kind of just just shooting it, hoping, you know, that something would catch. And they actually offered me the position before I even wrapped up the internship. And so they said, you know, you can take your exam while you're working here. We'll make sure that we just kind of have you on payroll. And then once you pass your exam, you know, you can go ahead and get started. So it was a, it was a fantastic experience for me. I spent um, almost three years there and I got to, because it was connected with the hospital, I got to see a lot of newly discharged patients. Uh, we had a cardiac rehab center within the facility. So um, we had those folks. Uh, we had uh, referrals from our pediatric groups and um, our oncology groups. And then within the facility, it was actually a really high population of what I like to call the active aging. So, you know, the 65 plus. Um, and so anything, you know, from hips to hearts and, uh, or just trying to stay active and healthy. So I got a lot of really good exposure there. Um, especially for someone who knew that clinical was not and never going to be for them. Um, and, you know, kind of got my feet wet in the world of dietetics. Um, yeah. That sounds really fun. That sounds like kind of like you said, it's a little bit of still that medical side, but you got to be on that other side of variety and kind of working with people in a much different, healthier way than the hospital. Yeah, a lot, you know, people, it makes me think of Legally Blonde, you know, people who work out or exercise aren't unhappy, you know, they don't kill people. And that was really, that was really the population. Everyone was in a good mood, um, you know, whether they were working out there or, or coming in um, to see me. Um, and yeah, I, I love the atmosphere. And again, it, you know, it gave me the confidence to work one-on-one with people and to do classes in education. Um and even if it wasn't exactly within recipe development, and it actually opened the door for uh, my next position, which was kind of 
my dream position, if it could again be recipe development. Um, and that was working uh, on the corporate wellness side for our school district that's up here. And so I was overseeing the um, employee and retiree wellness program for our school district. And again, more on that preventative side, more on, um, you know, encouraging healthier habits. And it took me away from sort of the one-on-one consults, which, you know, they can be kind of draining. Uh, It it can be really hard seeing people doing consults all day and, um, you know, talking through excuses and things like that. So I was really eager for that change. I I like that you said talking through excuses. Oh my gosh, that's totally what it is. One (laughs) after another sometimes. (laughs) I... (laughs) You can only take so much with grace and patience. And then suddenly, you know, it kind of goes out the window. It does. And yeah, it's like by, by 4 p.m. You're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're getting my wrath. If you had been here at 8 a.m., it would have been a different story. <laughs> but I Tell me more about the program at the local school. That's something I've never heard of before. So it's like an employee kind of a wellness program or explain that a little bit. Yeah. So our school district is self-funded. And so, you know, the the school district had, it was relatively new for our school district. Um, And I think it's relatively new nationwide because there weren't a whole lot of um, other wellness coordinators that I could reach out to when I was trying to get my bearings at the beginning but, you know, basically the healthier the employees or the retirees were on their health plan, potentially the lower their, their rates are going to be. And so my role was to develop programs and to provide opportunities um, in all areas of wellness so that uh, they could, you know, have, have opportunities to improve their, their health and wellness. And, um, and so there primarily was working with the employees themselves. And so sometimes I would go on site. Um, we always had annual health screenings. So things like your blood work and, you know, all your biometric stats were taken. Um, and then based on those results, we would try and have incentive-based programming um, to get them, you know, to encourage people to participate in other things or um, to win prizes and things like that. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't love, you know, prizes that go beyond <laughs> the water bottle or the, um, I don't know, free jump rope or <laughs> stretch bands, things like that. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, exciting. It was, a, it was a lot of work and definitely learning about, um, insurance was kind of, uh, oh gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot coming from outpatient into the world of insurance, but I had a great, uh, great mentor there who, who helped me along and held my hand. <laughs> I was just going to add, I'm like, did you have, were you pretty much it in the program or did you have other coworkers that kind of worked with you on the program? So I, uh, I was a party of one in terms of the wellness team, quote unquote. Um, and that was, uh, that was a fun thing to find out the first week. Um, I was, I was certain there was going to be like a team of people, but that was pretty much just me. But we had our risk coordinator and then her her go-to person. And um, she had actually been the, the former wellness coordinator. So it worked out well because she knew how everything ran and worked. And so she could help me out. Um, but I, I would say in a perfect world, there would have been a team of us that could really spearhead projects because it was one of those things where I had, I had a laundry list of you know, hopeful programs and things that I would have loved to have implemented, but there just simply wasn't the manpower or time. And then, of course, you know, you're working within a school district and all the chains of command. Um, and so it took a lot of time and energy and effort to get to a point and then get told no. So, um, you know, you had to have a lot of patience and um, <laughs> and just persistence to, to get much done. Broad shoulders, broad shoulders, right? Like exactly, <laughs> getting told no and not getting the support you need—that that tends to happen sometimes in our profession. But yeah, that, how many? Do you mind how many employees that you kind of had to work with? Uh, so the, and the employee and retiree base was around ten thousand, um, and I think of that, there were probably about thirteen hundred retirees. Um, 
And that's where I was really grateful for having come from my previous job because, you know, retirees are a different population as well. And they have different needs and expectations um, than, than the employees do, certainly. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a hefty group. It is a, it's a pretty, pretty large district up here. Um, and one that is behind on their budget. Um, and so people really had high expectations for what they wanted to see. Um, yeah. How long did, how did, how long did you stay in that role? Well, um, I actually, so I got the position and a month and a half later, uh, we found out we were pregnant with our first. So I had full intentions on staying at that, that job long-term. Um, I, I, I was one of those people who said, I'm always going to work. I don't care if I'm 80 years old, I'm going to work till the day I die. Um, I, re- I vividly remember telling Stephen, if either one of us stays home, it's going to be you, bud, because I'm always going to work. And this was sort of our ongoing joke of just like, I'm kind of a workaholic. And I had, because I hadn't been at the job very long, you know, I didn't have FMLA. I didn't have anything. So I said, okay, I'm not going to take any sick days. I'm just going to work this whole year so that I have six weeks paid leave once this baby comes. And then I met our son and everything changed. <laughs> And so I, uh, gosh, it was, and I, it sounds so cliche too, but I remember being home those six very short weeks and Stephen and I had a heart to heart and we just felt like God was asking us to take this leap of faith and step out into a very uncomfortable and, you know, from a financial standpoint, terrifying move. And, um, that I, that I needed to stay home for this part of life because work was not my identity. I, you know, I could always go back to work. Um, I could always go back to that, but I could never go back to those moments when, you know, our children were, were young. Um, and to see those first things, those first steps and the first words and all of that. Um, and so, yeah, we took that leap of faith and I put in my notice three days after going back to work. Yeah. Um, so I had been there just about just about a year, and I love I love that you're speaking to that because I think and and you know I don't personally have children, but I and I don't know how I would react if I did. But I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like as dietitians, we do we're like totally type A. We're like I'm going to work, I'm going to do this, I'm going to put all my you know energy into being super mom, super wife, super dietitian. And yes. I love that you're having this conversation about you know doesn't have to be like that all the time and you don't have to have this perfect ideal and maybe you know humans in your life can take a precedence and you have to take a step back because I think that's important to be okay with yeah, that absolutely and I I know for me personally it actually if I you know sometimes you have to look at the ugly side of yourself which you don't want to admit and for me it was a pride thing you know and I knew that I wanted to continue working in managerial positions and I wanted to see my career take off and I wanted to be able to go to the next bigger, better thing. And so for me, I kind of had to swallow my pride and say, why is that so important? You know, why is that the thing holding you back? And, you know, looking at priorities and looking what was actually important, it's not going to be, you know, the titles and, um, you know, the money uh, that, that is supremely evident. You know, it's that human relationship and it's the family. And um, I know we've talked about those things before, too. It's just it comes down to a lot more um, than just the money and the the title. Right. Right. And I love that you're putting this human and personal sight on it because we don't need to live this ideal professional life. And we don't need to have this hustle all the time. We need to stop and like really appreciate the connections that we have with other people, our families, our friends, because they're not guaranteed to be around forever. Yeah, with without a doubt. And just when, you know, things, things happen. And um, last year, my brother was in a, a really bad accident. Um, and I, you know, we're grateful he's here and he's alive, but it, it brings you back to reality as well that, you know, making efforts to be more present in the everyday is, is so important um, because we don't know, you know, we may be healthy individuals, but, but things can happen to take that away so quickly. So yeah, I definitely, definitely make that, that effort um, and try to remind myself of that frequently. 
I love, I love that about you. That's a beautiful thing for sure. Thank you. And I'm glad your brother's okay because you're right. Like, I mean, even, even as a healthy as we try to be, there's something else and someone else that has a plan for us. So we have to just kind of go with exactly. the flow. Heck, I trip over myself all the time. So <laughs> I, I do too. The injuries and the oh yeah, yeah hazard city. <laughs> So I love that you stay home. You stayed home with your kiddos. And and so your husband is a dietitian as well, which is that where your straight out of constant kitchen was created? Or when did that fall into uh your your business? Yeah. So um of course, you know, I had the recipe development side. I had always thought, okay, some sometime somewhere it's gonna make a comeback. And I will create it for myself, by golly, if I have to, um, for however long we, we end up being in Reno. And when I made the decision to stay home, I thought, okay, you know, maybe this is this is that opportunity. And Stephen works, uh, currently he is a in pediatric endocrinology. So he's, he's the dietitian in that world that's a lot more on the clinical side. Um, but something that we always shared was getting in the kitchen together and making food fun and sharing our experiences, whether it was going to food trucks or, you know, traveling around the country to, to hit up all the favorite local spots. And so we had had that, that shared interest with the recipes there and we would always jot them down. And so we started talking about this and talking about, you know, the, the new opportunity for it. And so the blog was launched uh, about four months after I left the school district. And that's kind of where it took off. Um, the, st- the straight out of Compton came from um, our sick and really weird <laughs> sense of humor. However, um, it actually came from when I was pregnant. <laughs> and I'm sure you can understand where that's going. But straight out of Compton was, was where that was born. No, all, I guess all pun intended. Um, and so that's kind of where we had the name. And then we added Compton because it was a lot more about the recipes and less about popping babies out. <laughs> I, I like, I think it's genius. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes when people hear the story, they're a little disturbed and I say, well, that's who we are. So. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's us. And it's perfectly encasing our life right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just being real. <laughs> So you kind of just started blogging. Were you blogging your recipes? I mean, what I know that I think a lot of people wonder, you know, like there's so many people out there doing recipes and there's so many people out there doing beautiful photos. What was your take when you started doing this side business or business that you currently are full all into? What was your, what was going to make you different? Yeah, um, I, I, felt at the time, you know, there are so many bloggers and recipe developers and this and that. And I decided rather than jumping into, or, you know, rather, rather than feeling the comparison game, which I mean, that, that ends up going nowhere and you just feel defeated. So I just, you know, thought let's set out and focus on our strengths. And it really came out of those one-on-one consults or the classes that we held with the clients where they would say, listen, I go to the food blogs or I, you know, go to the recipes online or I watch Food Network and I just get really overwhelmed. And so what it kind of came from was sitting in offices with clients and jotting down recipes on a piece of paper or eventually typing those up with little, you know, pictures that I took or that Stephen took of our, our dinner that night. And so we were typing these up and creating little recipe booklets for our clients and sending those out or even creating recipe cards. And so it, uh, that's, that was just our main goal is how, we, how can we create healthy recipes? And more importantly, how can we strip everything down to the most basic level of healthy eating? You know, it's great if you want a matcha and if you want to collagen, but can we just talk about basic fruits and vegetables and, you know, all the basic food groups rather than getting mixed up in, in the hoopla that is nutrition nowadays. And so that, I think, um, I think that was the goal is just simplify cooking where you don't need any skill. Neither one of us is trained, um, you know, trained as a chef or anything like that. We're just, we're home cooks. 
And we just happen to be dietitians as well. And so we're using our knowledge and expertise to make cooking and nutrition as simple as possible. Which I think you're doing a fantastic job. I love that. The hoopla of nutrition. There's like so much hoopla in nutrition. It's exhausting. Even for dietitians, it's exhausting, I think. And I think that even as us as dietitians, it's like, I, I'm not a great cook and I never wanted or intended to be. And so people like you help me even be a better dietitian because you do, well, you do take, like, how can we just eat simple food, but have it taste good and not include all this? Yeah, it's, it's really, it's crazy. And what, you know, the number one thing I think we agreed on was that we never are going to associate our cooking or our recipes with a, a diet style or a fad or anything like that. Like if, if we ever do, and if we catch ourselves or someone does, we're going to burn it <laughs> to, to pieces. You know, we, we don't want to associate or make anyone think no matter how they eat. And we tell people that all the time, whether you do associate yourself or associate yourself with a diet style or whether you are vegan or are you know, a meat eater, it doesn't matter. We're going to create recipes for all styles of eaters. And if it can work for you, or if you can modify it to make it work for you, great. We're never, ever going to discuss um, the best trend or the this or the that and, you know, on online and in the social presence. If you want to have a conversation over a cup of coffee, we're more than happy to do that, but we're not going to do it online where there are so many voices doing that. And all props to dietitians who do tackle those you know, those topics and who do fight those, those battles, those keyboard battles. But that is one thing you will not find us doing. Yeah. And you, that's a great angle to take. And I think for anyone who may be getting into that, you know, into the recipe development or into the blogging atmosphere, like that's definitely a thing you should consider, you know, do you want to be part of a certain type of a diet or do you, you know, where are you going to go with your, your purpose of, your recipes and and most people are going to resonate with the ones that are you know easily relatable that they can go into their kitchen and say oh I have that or I have oh I can make this yes. I have to go to the grocery store and buy this one of my biggest pet peeves with Food Network because growing up I think a lot of us would just you know you watch Food Network cooking shows all the time but one of my biggest pet peeves is you would go to the recipes online and it was like fifty ingredients and three quarters of which you didn't even have. So you would have to go to the grocery store and stock up and spend another, you know, 30, 40 bucks just to make a measly recipe. <laughs> so, right. uh, and you're hoping you like it. <laughs> oh, and then there's that. We won't even get to that side of it. You know, half the time you're like, oh, that's uh, horrid. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like really disappointed and you're like, well, that's disappointing. It looked so good when I was watching a makeup, right? it, but it's not that well, good. And then, you know, if you have these, you know, expensive ingredients that you just, spent money on and then you're like okay now what what do I you're not what, gonna, what can I make with yeah. what am I gonna do with all this leftover uh, spice that is like I used a fourth of a teaspoon for okay that's exactly. great <laughs> oh, and then you google it and you're like oh it's just for color cool <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't really worth it <laughs> been there got that t-shirt that's all I can say about that <laughs> So you've been, so how many years have you been creating recipes then? So it's been, Um, so if I, let's see, it's probably been about, well, it's been about 10 years professionally um, with, with the online straight out of constant kitchen. It's been actually two years yesterday. Um, So that side is relatively new, but about about 10 years doing it for, for money. That's awesome for money. (laughs) So there's the other side I was going to ask you. So you have your own personal uh, recipe development. So do you contract and do that for other businesses or companies or groups? Yes. Yeah. So I, um, that is one thing that I, I take on. Stephen, of course, is a little too busy for that side um, himself. But I, I contract with companies locally and over the, the interweb to do um, development. Basically, you know, I, I really, again, I like to partner with brands that are on the basic level, um, that are fresh fruits and vegetables and grains and things of that nature. So uh, just 
showing them how to in- take their their ingredient or their food and incorporate it into what we call upgraded everyday eats. And so it's, you know, those family friendly, healthy, simple, quick recipes that just happen to, you know, utilize a, a brand that we see every time we go to the grocery store. Um, so that do that. And then also um, there's a work uh, contracted with, um, it's kind of coming full circle here, uh, with a local insurance group that does corporate wellness for companies. So I do that as well. Very good. Well, yeah, that is kind of full circle. That's kind of like where you kind of started. (laughs) As much as I'm trying to run away from insurance talk, it just keeps coming back. (laughs) So I guess I'm going to have to learn about it one way or the other. (laughs) Yes, you do. And you have to, I'm sure that's something that is ever evolving. So you probably have to stay pretty current on what's happening. Yeah. And understanding the plans and uh, of course the goals of the plans or the companies as well, because you know they, they have markers and things, uh, you know, sort of benchmarks they want to meet. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's a whole other animal and it, it really is, but it's, uh, it all comes down to healthier employees and that kind of comes back to what, what we, you know, what our goals are too. So it's, it's, it's kind of neat to have play a piece in that puzzle. Um, encouraging healthy and some good variety yeah absolutely yeah and good variety in your practice and just kind of what you do all the way around yeah and you know i i of course i feel completely grateful just to have the opportunity to be able to work from home and still get to do that that side of dietetics and as well as the recipe development and um you know make make it work somehow (laughs) So what does the day what does the day look like for you? Do you I know that you have kiddos at home. How do you kind of balance the kids, the work? What is it? What does office hours look like? Home hours? How do you balance that all? You know, I really wish that I could tell you it it's um scheduled and it's very organized, which for again the type A personality, that would make me feel so happy. But uh it's anything, anything but <laughs> Um, the, both kids are with me most of the day right now. We're actually on the wait list for our daycare. So for, for 90% of the time, um, both kids are with me. So we have, you know, normal mom and kid activities during the daytime until nap time. And then that is usually when I am working furiously to get done uh, as much recipe testing and cooking as I can. So whether, you know, you fingers crossed both kids go to sleep at the same time. And if they do, that's usually when I knock out a recipe or two. Um, and then after that, it's back to being, you know, mom. And then Steven comes home and, you know, we have dinner. And then at the end of the day, I may kind of hop back on the laptop and try and get a little more work done. Most days that doesn't happen just because, Family time. you know, let's be honest, yeah. you know, it's the end of the day and I'm exhausted. So, and I don't want, I don't want to do I don't want to get take away time from Steven or from the kids. So I really try and be um, conscious of, of, of that, whether it's, you know, phone time or laptop time, things like that. And then Steven is amazing because he really helps me on the weekends because when both of us are home, that's usually when I can get a little more cooking and testing done. Um, and then he's there as well to help with the testing. And he's a really good taste tester. He likes to do that portion of things um, or, you know, give suggestions for the recipes. And so it's, it's all over the place. And I, I really try uh, definitely from the Instagram side, I, I don't want people to have this idea that, you know, there are flowers and butterflies everywhere. And I just like have this beautiful kitchen. Like we have an old house. Our appliances are old. I have one tiny little area and a few hours midday where I can get some semi-decent lighting. I do not have fancy, you know, uh, cameras or anything like that. Everything's done on the phone. Um, half the times recipes get interrupted with kids waking up or needing to pee or, you know, who knows what. And, uh, you know, it's, it is not glamorous and I, I don't want to give that perception at all. I want people to know that, you know, life, life is, uh, is messy, just like our kitchen. And that's just how it goes. I like that though. That's just, it's just part of the very approachable take you have on your business too. It just is all. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that it's appreciated. <laughs> it is. You do a great job. 
<laughs> well, and I and I'm glad that and you always show you always give glimpses into what's really kind of going on, which I think just gives such a nice human, you know, aspect to it. Like, hey, anybody can do this if you really want to do this, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, I I I'm such a big believer that every you know. <laughs> We, we all go through the same challenges, you know, things happen and, and we can be our own worst enemy. And I, I always encourage people, if you have, if you have a dream, no matter what it is, just, just take a step forward. The worst thing we can do is shut ourselves down and say, oh, well, I don't have X, Y, or Z, or, you know, I don't have the skills or I don't have the this, or I don't have the that, you know, there, there are many parts of our business that I look at and I go, oh gosh, that could be so much better. Um, you know, but if I'm being realistic financially, we can't afford to get a website overhaul. Yeah, that would be incredible. And it would probably would look so much better, but you know, it's just not realistic. So do what you can and focus on your strengths and chip away a little bit every single day at what you can do and what you are capable of. And when you get a few more pennies that you can allocate to the website or to whatever that is for you, great. But don't let that be a hindrance or something to stop you um, because everybody has those, those setbacks, uh, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, and that's just kind of how, how I like to look at it is, is just continue moving in the forward direction and, and you'll get there and people are going to appreciate the, the real and the raw, even if it's not beautiful. So that's, that's just there, little people appreciate seeing the journey. They like love to see all parts of it, not just the pretty part. So yeah, and I think it's because they, you know, they, they relate to that mm-hmm. and they go, Oh yeah, that's, that is totally me too. <laughs> They look around their kitchen. They go, "Yeah, that's what my kitchen looks like right now." Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, the stacks in the sink, and then you look at yourself, yeah. and you know you're unwashed, and you're wearing, you know, what just slept in, and you know, hey, that that is totally okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what does the future kind of look like for you? Are you kind of looking ahead, or like, are you feeling like, hey, right now, I'm content, things are going well. We'll see what happens. Oh, girl, I am always looking forward. <laughs> I <laughs> I have just like big, big, big hopes all the time. I'm like, okay, what's next? And it's funny because, you know, I really believe Stephen and I balance each other out because he's like, let's just enjoy the moment. And I'm, I'm ready for the next big adventure. So yeah, I, I definitely want to continue throwing, um, throwing big effort into the social side right now. It's mostly Instagram. I'd love to get our website looking, looking fancy and nice. Um, but really it comes back to what we're able to do for people. I want to encourage people, um, and show them that healthy eating can be fun and approachable and easy. And the way to do that, I think is going to be with a cookbook. I don't know how, and I don't know when or, or what that looks like, but that, that would be my number one big one would be the cookbook and to continue with the online partnerships with companies and brands, um, that those would be the, the very most exciting things for me. I was hoping you were going to say a cookbook. <laughs> I was like, I oh, really? That makes me <laughs> feel amazing. <laughs> yes, I would buy it. I would recommend it to clients. I totally would. Yes. So please keep us posted on that. Well, thank you. Well, we hopefully we are actually in the final works of an ebook right now. Um, I, I guess I can give a little information about it because we always are talking about simple sauces and how sauces can literally make a so-so meal unforgettable, um, just by slapping a sauce on. So we have a sauce ebook, uh, that's sort of, you know, it's a little taste of what the cookbook could be like, but yeah, I want to, I want a hard copy cookbook to come out, but the ebook will be a, a good start. And I think, you know, keep me satisfied for a little bit. I'm sure Stephen is like that. that's exciting i'm so excited i you're you're right like there's um i always think of you when i think of a meal like sauces and i always think of another friend um instagram friend she always talks about crunchies on salad and how you can like add crunchies to things and give things texture so i always yes yeah. So she always incorporates that in her dishes. And so I always think of both of you and I'm like, well, this is a lame meal. What can, is there a sauce I can put on 
Oh my gosh, is there yeah, you, are, you are making me feel amazing right now. <laughs> well, thank you. I love that Do you with me. I guess I have always been a saucy girl, but now it's now it is official. <laughs> it is official. T-shirts. You can incorporate t-shirts too. Oh like my gosh, brilliant. <laughs> Where's my agent? <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. Put that that in the plan, put that in the roadmap. Oh, that's exciting. I'm excited for you. And I'm excited for just all the things that you do and very grateful for all the things that you do in this space and for dietitians and just for other human beings that just need to know about just good nutrition. So thank you. Well, I I appreciate it. I appreciate that you say that and you feel that and, and the fact that anybody, frankly, and I mean this sincerely, the fact that anybody finds it useful, uh, you know, my, my intent was never to go out to make, make money. It, it was really to be a resource. And so if people are finding it helpful and finding it resourceful, then the job is done, you know, and, and that to me is so exciting. And I'm, I'm humbled by that. Frankly, it, it just is amazing. Well, good. Then you know you're on the right path, too. You're like, I'm doing, I'm living my purpose. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just those little reminders of, yes, you know, the, those leaps of faith were, were right, you know, and, um, well, and Stephen and I say that all the time. And I, that's why I tell people, you know, you got to listen to your heart and whether you're a believer or not, whatever it is for you, you know, just to find those little things that, that can signify, yes, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right track. For sure. There's tons of reminders everywhere, I think, that will tell you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to keep your eyes eyes and ears open for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely going to link your um, your website in the show notes as well as your Instagram account. So if people are not following you or seeing what you have available, I hope that you go and check it out because... It's amazing. Just for the nut butters and the sauces alone. It's terrible. well, thank you. I'm always, I, I always, that's like an inside joke for Steven and I'm like, are, are there too many nut butters? Can a person have too many? <laughs> Maybe it's not our role for a while. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> all right. Now I have to ask you my hard questions. So please okay, I'm ready. share with me, please share with me the foods that you enjoy oh mama okay number one is hands down pizza um pizza is my love language um along with that i would say sushi is is really high up there as well um and then i i'm a sucker for a loaded salad like with a salad that just has a ton going on and it doesn't even have to be considered healthy you know you can throw on cheese and onion strings and all that stuff i just i really like a good hearty salad that's just me. Crunchies, sauces. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. All, all, of, <laughs> all the crunchies and sauces. <laughs> what are some beverages that you enjoy? Um, I look forward to nothing more than the first cup of coffee in the morning. That brings me so much joy. I love, love my coffee. And maybe it's just the desert girl in me, but there's there's nothing more refreshing when you are just like so, so hot and sweaty middle of the summer than a giant glass of ice water. And I know some people think that's so lame and they're like, what about lemonade or something else? No, I just want a nice cold glass of ice water. Um, yeah, I actually, when we were trying to get pregnant with our first, I had stopped drinking alcohol at that point and I just never picked it back up for some reason. But uh, when I did, I loved, I loved a good Marg. I loved a good margarita. Tequila was my, was my drink of choice. So probably that desert girl. I had one. Probably just the hot, like it'll just really like, cool you off. Yes. Water. yes. I love ice water. I love ice water and I live in Iowa and I love it in the winter. So it's delicious. Yeah. I, I think it's an underrated beverage, you know, and I'm, I'm <laughs> grateful to have it. So. <laughs> Is there uh, scents or smells that you really enjoy? Oh, that is a good one. I so I'm all about. I, my husband makes fun of me all the time because I am a big smeller. 
<laughs> as weird as that sounds, but I smell everything, even things that you don't even, normal people don't smell like ice cream. I, I will smell it before I eat it. Don't ask me why. I just grew up that way. Uh, but I love the smell. Um, so growing up in the summer, we would go to Disneyland because, you know, four hours away from, from Vegas. So we would drive to Disneyland and I love the smells all throughout the park. So you've got New Orleans Square where you have the clam chowder and bread bowls. And then when you walk down Main Street, they have the you know, candy shop. You have those smells. And there's a specific smell on Pirates of the Caribbean. And I don't, I think it's a combination. There's like a little restaurant during the ride. So I think it's the restaurant and then the water in, in the ride. And so that just brings back so many happy memories for me growing up. So I guess I would say all of the smells of Disneyland. Is that an, is that an okay answer? Of course. I think that's really interesting. If I ever go back there, I'm going to pay attention to that for sure. Yeah. I feel like if they ever created a book about Disneyland and they needed like a scratch and sniff for each page, I would be their girl to help create the pages <laughs> in that book. <laughs> Sign me up. Plant that seed right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have colors that you enjoy? Yeah, I am. I'm big on like the neon coral shade, or I don't know if you call it a neon salmon color. I really like those bright pinky, orangey sort of colors, um, or that like bright turquoisey shade. Um, really bright colors in general. Um, I. Mm. Steven and I both have, have just this affinity for neon, um, like exercise clothes. And so we'll, we'll wear them all the time, like out running groceries and oh. people will ask us all the time, like, Oh, where are you headed? Or one time we were running a race and somebody looks over and, you know, we're jogging next to them. They're like, cool costumes. And we were, you we looked at each other and we're like, what are they talking about? We're like, yeah, these are normal. So... <laughs> like costumes excuse me (laughs) oh my gosh that's terrible well I think that's good see another thing that you have in common with each other you love bright colors we do (laughs) our wedding (laughs) shoes we we ordered um matching hot pink uh, Nike Nike freeze that had our our wedding date on on the the tongue on the tongue of the shoe Oh yeah. my God. I love it. Kind of extra. That's awesome. <laughs> That's okay. It's yeah. your wedding <laughs> We skipped everywhere else. Don't worry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you could use those again, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. And finally, Elise, what brings you joy in life? Oh, man. All right, cheese ball answers. The of course the family, the kids. Um, for not for not ever knowing if I was ever going to be a mom, you know those two, two little munchkins bring me more joy than I ever ever could have imagined. Um, Stephen is just I, I know every day that he was the guy that I was meant to be with, and just just spending time with him. I swear I could sit with that guy at the DMV or going to Disneyland. Um, we're gonna have fun together. We just. Uh, we're two peas in a pod and I'm so grateful for him. Um, I, I love giving um, and I love, I, I love secret giving, if that makes sense, just doing things for people without, without anybody having to know that brings me a lot of joy. Just, just seeing, you know, excitement or, um, you know, getting to, getting to witness people, you know, feeling, um, gosh, what, what am I trying to say? Just, feeling special, you know, and feeling like they are somebody too. um, love, love to do that. And I love, I love the beach, um, and the sunshine as well as I love, you know, dark stormy clouds and rainstorms. I, I absolutely love that sort of weather. And again, that's probably from growing up in a really hot, dry, sunny desert. I, I just love rainstorms. Not, not the ones that cause damage or anything like that, but a good rainstorm with thunder, you know, that I can enjoy from the comfort of, you know, a porch yeah. or home. Yeah. Without yeah. having to take shelter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, no, that's beautiful. And I think that just, it encompasses who you are. That just is very relatable on social media and on your website. I mean, everything 
you are everything I thought you would be over over the podcast waves, just by from what I've seen of you. So I I think you are the real deal, my friend. Well, you are going to bring me to tears here. And thank God this is a podcast, so nobody has to see my ugly cries. But uh, I I say this all the time to to people, but I I cannot wait for the Instagram friendships and the online friendships to become real life ones. And I always say there's going to be a time and a place we're going to meet up and it's going to be um, wonderful because there are just so many wonderful human beings and you're one of them. And I just love interacting with you on a regular basis and just think you're special. Yeah. Oh, you are too. Thank you for sharing your, your specialness with, with the world and with me and I do look forward to us meeting someday. Same here, my friend. Same here. If you do not follow Elise and her upgraded everyday eats, you must head over to my show notes and hit her Instagram link and her website link. I have an even bigger girl crush on Elise now that we've, you know, quote, met in person over the podcast and think so highly of her approach to life and to food. I also think the... Husband-wife dietitian duo is pretty great and look forward to great things coming from this collaboration, especially their new ebook on sauces. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these nutrition experts. My book is available to purchase on my website, and I hope we can connect more on social media. Go find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anne Elizabeth RD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.